0: You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa.
1: 3340, customers who believe there is an error in their bill should contact the company. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for more local news. Don Hartley, Town Media, Tuscaloosa.
0: The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA twenty-three. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide one hundred point nine, and streaming on the Tide one hundred point nine app.
2: All right, good morning, everybody. January is coming to an end. This is the final day of January for twenty twenty-four. The month has flown by, and it's one of the longer months. It's a thirty-one day month. But today is January 31st. It's Wednesday. Welcome into the Gary Harris Show here on Todd 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. I'm your host. I've got Justin Jones right there on the other side of the glass. manning the controls, taking your phone calls on, uh, in uh, this hour on the first and main condominiums hotline at two zero five three four two nine nine oh four remember first and main condominiums luxury condominiums in beautiful historic downtown northport we got a great show on tap for you today in fact I, i had a late edition this morning uh for the first hour and um we had uh, two guests in the second hour, but we didn't have a first-hour guest, but I fixed that a little while ago, and Dan Harrelson from Vols Wire is going to join us uh, in the uh, first hour. But more on that in just a moment, and uh, we'll get you set up for the show. First, I need to tell you, as always, this hour of the Gary Here Show is being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Uh, not only is Alabama Credit Union a great financial institution, it's also a uh, led by great people. Steve Swafford, the, the CEO, right on through the organization's first class. Everything done is uh, done right. Uh, become a member of Alabama Credit Union. Find out for yourself all the advantages. I want you to visit alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com, Alabama Credit Union. Loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And put a little extra change in your pocket. All right, here is the lineup for today. As I said, we've got uh, Dan Harrelson from Vols Wire, part of the USA Today Sports Network. He's going to join us at 9.30 to discuss this uh, situation with uh, Tennessee and the NCAA. Coming out of the Jeremy Pruitt deal, they're in the crosshairs again in regards to NIL. And so much discussion about NIL and what it is as opposed to what it was designed to be and how has Tennessee find itself back in this situation? The university president uh, put out a scathing response to the reports yesterday uh, that the NCAA was investigating Tennessee. And um, I don't know if anything can be done or not. I know a lot of people keep saying the NCAA has no no teeth anymore. And, you know, I'm really kind of one of those. But at the same time, maybe this is going to lead to some type of... um, structure in regards to nil because it's needed it's badly needed and anyone that can't see that i don't know you know what they're viewing what you know what what type of glasses they're viewing nil through to think that what we have right now is a good system because it isn't it's not fair it's not equitable um and again i i will say this i don't know that tennessee's doing anything differently than anybody else but at the same time um they must be, and we'll ask Dan Harrelson about it, and we'll also talk about big picture NIL and what can be done to kind of try to level the playing field, make this make this more uh, equitable for everyone. Right now, you know, if you can, you know, if a player wants X amount of dollars, and you can out for X amount of dollars, and somebody else can't, uh, that gives you a clear advantage as to. Where that young man is going to play ball, so that's coming up at nine thirty. Then at ten o'clock, uh, D. Orlando Ledbetter, our friend from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, joins us all through the football season. Is going to come on with us to talk about Raheem Morris, the new uh, Falcons football coach. He was hired over Bill Belichick, and uh, we'll discuss that. And then at ten thirty. Uh, As always, on uh, Wednesday's Bart Heich on hoops. A great game last night in Oxford, Mississippi, between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Tennessee falls to South Carolina. Alabama and Georgia among the games tonight. We'll break down all the SEC basketball with Heich on hoops at 1030. So we got a jam-packed show. If you want to join the program, we're wide open in this first half hour on the 1st and Main Condominiums Hotline 205 9904 that's 205-342-9904 we would love to hear from you this morning here on the program after just a bevy of calls for most of the month I know a lot of that had to do with you know we go into January Alabama's playing in the college football playoff um, we come out of that recruiting um, and then Nick Saban's retirement and Kalen DeBoer coming in it's just been nonstop. but uh, yesterday Really, both days this week have been a little bit slower. So if you want to change that and trump up some conversation, 205-342-9904. Right now it's 9.06, and I think, Justin, I'm going to go ahead and hit him up here with some uh, Wednesday morning headlines on the program <clears throat> here, right here on the Gary Harris Show. Alabama announced yesterday that the annual 8-A spring football game will be on Saturday, April 13th. This will be head coach Kalen DeBoer's first 8-A game, and it will be the first time since 2006 that a head coach other than Nick Saban has been on the field for the spring football game. Of course, in 2007, Nick Saban's first spring game, there were 92,000 people there. Uh, will we get to 92,000 for Kalen DeVore? Eh, that's a lot of people, but I do tell you, I believe there'll be a lot of fans there. There'll be a lot of interest in this game, again, coming up on April the 13th. That's a Saturday. Well, Ryan Williams, the Sarah Lynn wide receiver, is the first ever winner of the Alabama Mr. Football Award twice. He won it as a sophomore last year. And then yesterday in Montgomery at the Alabama Sports War Riders uh, Awards Banquet, he won it a second time as a junior. That's right, he has another year of high school or could have had another year of high school, but he reclassified. So he is graduating this spring and he's committed to the University of Alabama. He is a phenomenal football player. Last two years, he helped Sarah Land go 28-2. and with two Class 6A state championship game appearances. They won it in 2022 and then lost uh, 31-28 to his good friend Jalen Mbakwe and Clay Chalkville in 2023. Last season, Williams recorded 28 total touchdowns and was named the Gatorade Player of the Year for the second straight season. And congratulations to Tuscaloosa Academy quarterback Preston Lancaster, also at the banquet yesterday in Montgomery. He was named the Alabama Sports Writers Association's Class 2A back of the year. The 6'1", 215-pound quarterback beat out five Logan Anderson and B.B. Comer's Kamori Harris for the award. The junior, who was named first-team All-State, went 254 for 365 for 3,941 yards and 46 touchdowns. And he did that after sitting out several second halves when the game was uh, in hand for T.A., He also had 90 rushes for 213 yards and nine touchdowns as well. Phenomenal football player. The Alabama men's basketball team is at Georgia tonight. And 5.30 tip Central Time on the SEC Network. Nate Oates met with the media on Tuesday ahead of the game. And we're going to have some of the Nate Oates comments coming up for you in the next segment. High school basketball, as we've talked about, is winding down and the... Playoffs, the area of tournaments, and the playoffs are right around the corner. So we'll be talking about that. SEC basketball last night, as I mentioned, Ole Miss holds off Mississippi State in Oxford, 82 and it was South Carolina over Tennessee. South Carolina really the surprise team in the SEC, and Alabama blew them out. Remember, but the South Carolina beats Tennessee, sixty three fifty nine. And as we'll talk about at 9 30, the University of Tennessee Athletic Department is under an NCAA investigation into potential rules violations involving name, image, and likeness benefits for athletes in multiple sports, including football. More on that at 9 30. Right now, let's jump out on the First Domain Condominiums Hotline. And uh, Tom is going to lead us off this morning. Good morning, Tom.
3: Hey, Gary. How are you?
2: Doing pretty well. Thank you.
3: I really enjoyed Tighter Insider tighter last night. I wanted to tell you Thanks. that. The little spot there that you and Rodney did on Ryan Williams and uh and I never can call his friend's name. Jalen Mbokwake. Mm-hmm. Is that correct there? I I that's my guy in this recruiting cycle. Uh, and I, I mean I'm not disappointed in Ryan, don't get me wrong, but uh I think that he is gonna be something else. <clears throat> you know, if, if I haven't misread this He's one of those kids that go, hey, you know what? We need you to play running back. So he plays running back, and guess what? He's good at it. Then they go, hey, we need you at wide receiver. He goes to wide receiver, and he's good at it. Hey, we need you to be quarterback. He goes to the quarterback. He's good at court. You, you get my drill? Oh,
2: absolutely. Phenomenal <laughs> football player.
3: And I think he's one of those uh, kind, warm-type athletes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Heinz Ward, it didn't matter what position they put him at, he was great. And uh, uh, and when they needed him, whatever they needed him to do, he was willing to do it. So I think both those kids, it's going to be fun to watch them develop and see what all they accomplish while they here at Alabama.
2: I'm with you 100%, Tom. I I think that uh, Jalen Mbakwe, let's don't overlook him. You know, Ryan Williams is a phenomenal athlete, but so is Mbakwe and the two of them. Well,
3: you know, last night you said he's number two and Ryan's number three, so I I thought, look at here, uh, and uh, that—that's a compliment to both of them. Yeah,
2: it is. It is, and they're—you know—they're—they're—they're they're, they're really good friends. And I think—I think, uh, think Jalen and who was sold on Alabama all along, played a big part in—you um, know—Ryan Williams kind of coming back into the fold after he had decommitted, yeah, and, and you that. know they wanted to play together and and uh, play together for three years, and uh, they're going to get that opportunity, and they're going to be dynamic. I think so. And uh, anyway,
3: I want to tell you what a. Good job. I thought y'all did last night. I really enjoyed fighting and of But now I got a quest, softball question, if you don't mind. Okay. Now, my understanding, I don't know if it was Corey or who, and I'm not sure where I got this from, but my understanding is Coach DeBoer has a daughter that's outstanding in softball, like ranked 11th in the nation uh, in her group. And, uh, and I was just wondering, is Murph taking in consideration of recruiting her?
2: Well, he does have a daughter that's an outstanding softball player, Alexis DeBoer. And um, she is, again, and I got asked about this on Titer and a couple of weeks ago, she is either a senior and committed to the University of Washington, or she is already signed with... Um, the University of Washington, and I'm not sure. um, She may already be at UW playing, but no, she's an outstanding, was an outstanding prospect. Um, I think, and again, I need to look it up. I think she graduated um, in 2023 and is at Washington now, and this will be her first season, I think. But no, she's an outstanding prospect, but is either committed to and or already signed with Washington. And as of right now, um, I don't think that there's any plans for her, her to uh, transfer to Alabama. But, you know, I don't I don't know for sure. I got you,
3: I got that thought uh that she might be of the type that would give us some help on the softball
2: thing. Well, she's outstanding. She's good enough. Well, like I said, though, she, you know, she grew up there, not grew up, but the last couple of years has been up in the state of Washington and was uh, recruited by the University of Washington. And that's that's her school for now. But, you know, things can, can always change.
3: Am I correct in, in, in my uh, recollection that uh, uh, Washington has a good softball program? As oh, well?
2: very good. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, they're 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 one of the best in the country. I mean, they're an outstanding um, softball program, and Alabama has played them. I mean, it's. Uh, um
3: we went out there a couple of three years ago and had a, a regional, didn't
2: we? I right, probably so. I, I may have very well. I, I I can't remember right off the top of my head. I'm, I'm trying to find more. That. I'm trying to find more information on Alexis Cabot right now as to whether or not she is a senior in high school this year. Or Justin may have is she already at Washington?
4: Uh, uh, if she signed in November 2023, she probably is a senior and will be starting up this next year. Okay, okay. And Tom Washington yeah, very good in the, the preseason and polls that just came out they're ranked number seven ahead of alabama at 12 yeah wow yeah. I,
3: I i kind of thought they had a good program oh a great program
2: yeah. tremendous program
3: anyway enjoy the show. All right, thank
2: for you tom gone. and uh so she signed in november with washington which means she could be a senior in high school right now so she would be playing high school softball this spring right and would be, yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. If anybody out there is listening and I know Corey's listening, he may have it. And I know Corey wants us to crank up the softball talk with Alabama. We're going to do that. We're going to get uh, Murph on and, and um Karen Johns and, and get that softball talk. But, yeah, it looks like DeBoer's daughter uh is finishing up high school this spring and has signed with Washington and um yeah, she's a senior now. So she's got one more season of high school, high school softball. And um and then in the fall is scheduled to attend the University of Washington and would be a freshman there on the twenty <clears throat> twenty-five roster. That's my understanding. Again, it's um, you know, trying to track it down. All right, it's nine sixteen here on the Gary Harris show. And uh, when we come back on the other side, we're gonna hear from Alabama head coach Nate Oates, the basketball um head coach about the game coming up tonight at georgia and his team they're offensively they're hitting on all cylinders can they play the type of defense needed to win a championship we'll talk about that and hear from coach next right here on tide 100.9 fm and 12 30 am wtbc Hot!
0: this season of alabama football on tide 100.9 brought to you by birmingham racecourse casino just a few minutes away where you can be a
4: winner too From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by Conecuh Sausage, a true Southern flavor since 1947, and the official smoked sausage of the Crimson Tide. Visit online at ConecuhSausage.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. On Monday's edition of Hey Coach, presented by Alpha Insurance, we were joined by softball head coach Patrick Murphy. Everybody in this restaurant and everybody listening at home or in their car realizes how much Coach Saban did for every team at this university. I didn't take him every recruit because he never would have recruited a football player if, he, if we had softball players uh, every weekend. But uh, he loved to tell the story that he was six for six with softball student athletes. <laughs> I took him six and uh, they all said yes. Um, I would see him more at church than anywhere else because we're both Catholic. And um, you know every Sunday after mass, my mom calls and she has two questions. Number one, did you go to church? And number two, was Coach Saban there? <laughs> and it was yes and yes. And, you know, he was always just a really good presence. I'll have more in a moment. Favorite jeans, favorite shirt.
3: I can a sausage and I'm firing it up, yeah. Everybody knows how to so
5: get my grill on. Smell
3: that flavor up and down the road. It's a little taste of heaven.
4: And everybody knows. It's how I get my grill on. Kanaka sausage. It's just a little taste of heaven. If you missed Monday's edition of Hey Coach, catch it on demand on the Alabama Insider Podcast as we Your best bet for big wins is just minutes away at
1: Birmingham Racecourse Casino where you can be a winner too. Off I-459, exit 31
0: Derby Parkway. Tide
1: 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Lots of sunshine today. Cooler, Tuscaloosa side 53. Mostly fair tonight with the light freeze, the low at 30. Tomorrow and Friday, a warming trend. Lots of sunshine both days. The high tomorrow the high Friday at 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 44 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on
0: Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9.
2: All right, it's 20 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock here on The Gary Harris Show and uh, track down some more information on Alexis DeBoer. She's ranked number 11 in the 2024 class by extra inning softball at Bellevue High School there in the uh, Seattle area. Did sign with the University of Washington in November and therefore will be scheduled to be a freshman at UW, uh, UW as they call it, in the fall and would be playing softball for the Huskies in the spring of 2025. And so, you know, is there an opportunity for her probably to ask out of her letter of intent and join Alabama? I would say that's a possibility. But as of everything I'm reading right now, her plans are to, uh, I'm sure, finish up high school there in uh, Bellevue, even with Coach DeBoer being here a lot of times, what like we talked about yesterday, coaches' wives and, and um, you know, with kids in school, a lot of times they want to finish out the school year where they're at. But we'll keep you updated on that. All right, Alabama basketball tonight at Georgia, 530 tip, Central Time over at Stegman Coliseum in Athens. Uh, Nate Oates met with reporters yesterday to preview the game and talk about his team. And we've got uh, some of that for you right now. Go ahead and roll that, Justin.
6: are got a tough road game. We have not played particularly well at Georgia since I've been here, and I'm not sure what it is, but I think the worst Ken Palm loss in school history was two years ago at Georgia, and we, they went 1-17. We gave them their only win. So, you know, we, we, we've got to come with a little bit better focus. Uh, I, I thought offensively we played as good a game as maybe we've ever, ever played this year. Last came out defensively. We didn't take the step forward I like, so we we'd like to try to do both. You know, get our turnovers down, have a better start to the game, and be much better on defense. So that's been that's been the talk with practice, trying to limit turnovers, get our defense uh, where it needs to be, and and Georgia's improved. I mean, they're a lot better than they've been since I've been here, so. I mean, they are uh, only home loss, I believe, is to Tennessee, and they should have should have won that one. So they—they've been playing great, particularly at home. see they've had pretty good crowds. So our guys are going to have to get themselves locked in, and this is a game where, you know, if we're trying to win the SEC, you know, we're half game up on Tennessee. We're—we got to go into games like this and win them if we want a chance to win win the win the league. So. Uh, our uh, our guys have had two pretty good practices. I think we're in a decent spot, but we need to bring it tomorrow.
2: Yeah, coach. Uh, this is a little off topic, I guess, but the the Bob Cousy and the Jerry West awards put out their top ten candidates. Mark's not on either of those lists. Just how do you think he's been playing? How deserving
6: do you think he is of that recognition? Yeah, I I don't know who's on those lists. I haven't seen them. Uh, I um I'm not even sure who determines who's on those lists, but I can't in no disrespect who's on those lists. I'm sure there's some really good players on both lists, but if you look at what Mark's doing, I mean, you look at where the SEC ranks compared to other conferences in the country. He's leading the SEC in scoring. He's the most efficient player. It's hard to do that. I would say he's probably the most efficient guard. I haven't looked at those numbers here recently, but I mean, he was top five in Ken Palm's National Player of the Year rankings, I think going into this last week. He's been player of the week multiple times in the SEC. We're leading the league in first place by ourselves right now. So at a time when the leading score in the league's also on the, you know, sometimes the leading score in the league's on a team that's at the bottom and they get no respect. When, when the leading score in the league's on a team that's winning the league by themselves in first place, it's, to me it makes no sense why it wouldn't be on either of the lists. So I uh, whoever, whoever's deciding who's on these lists, I don't think he's looking at everything going on in college basketball right now, to be honest with you. I'm not gonna take credit
4: for this stat, but uh, Tide Hoops history charted and it said you had 22 technical fouls uh, in your. Somebody time sent year. it to me.
6: I thought it was 21. Did they? It's 21 with games,
4: but you had the double tech.
6: Oh, yeah. so 20. Okay, yeah, I uh, yeah, I didn't forget about that.
4: Yeah, to, to go back to your first one here, you said that you're usually good for one a year. So is that what I said? Yeah, you're kind of over that average. Is there something about these games that maybe is it? Is it the SEC kind of brings out another level in you, or is some of it? You you mentioned sometimes you can use it to you know, uh,
6: rally your team. Is, what, what, yeah. Is there... <laughs> I didn't realize I had, so I, 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 somebody did send me the 21, but then if that would make sense, if I had two in one game. So what are we four and a half games through with 22 techs? You're 17, and four in this. 17 and four in those games. games. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? We should probably get more texts for 17 and four. The 17 and four is a higher winning percentage than, uh, than our overall winning percentage. So, I I will say sometimes there's an intensity level that needs to be brought to the game that, you know, if you come at the guys, sometimes they they don't handle it as well, so you take the intensity and direct it elsewhere. Sometimes I'm just really upset about a call. Sometimes I'm trying to make a point. Sometimes I I just make bad bad decisions. So there's probably... uh, all different reasons I've gotten that many I, I don't really try to get that many it's not a necessarily a positive stat but I uh what did what did we we're going into five games so four and a half games What is that? about five a it's about five a year we're averaging huh that's true that ain't that bad one a month <laughs> it's like four or five a year I uh Listen, I just had Terry Oglesby the other day. I, I, it's great. I think I'm in a much better place with him than when uh, when he tossed me out of the game. We won that game, too, by the way, and we were down. What were we down against Mississippi State when I got tossed? We were down. It was under seven minutes to go, if I remember right, and I think we were down just double digits, close to it, 10-11. You'd have to look it up. I knew, I do know that when I got tossed, we came back and won after being down. So sometimes it works. Sometimes I need to just shut my mouth. So we'll uh, – We'll try to get our guys inspired without getting teased because you do hand the, the other team two free points usually, which I'm not – being an analytics guy, that's not usually a good move to hand two free points to the other team. Yeah, you talked after the game about defense and how much – I mean, you've been preaching it. You're going to continue
2: preaching it. Uh, what specifically are you doing recently or since that
6: last game that may be a little different to help with defense, or where is that all at? Yeah, I um, pick and roll coverages, I think we've got to clean them up. We're not, you know, our guards aren't as tough into the ball as they need to be. Our bigs are not, you know, they're kind of getting caught where, you know, we've been trying to be more aggressive. They've been caught where they're behind and then trying to still come up and blitz the ball screen, if you will. And if you're late on that blitz, then they're getting split. and they're able, like, we've got it know when we're supposed to do what we're supposed to do and, and do it on time and if and if you're late doing it then there's you know it's not going to work so it's some of it's like getting the guys to be a little more focused on what the other team does well so that we're alert to it before it happens and we're ready to defend it at the point it happens not a half second too late I just think got too many guys reacting to plays instead of being a little more proactive and knowing what's going on. that, that We haven't made any major – it's hard to make major changes with – I mean, if you make any – like this would be a week, you do it. you play Saturday, off Sunday, practice Monday, Tuesday. But it, even that, it's hard to make, come in and make major changes. I mean, if you're going to make any kind of major – probably hard to do at this point in the year. But if you're going to make any significant changes, you probably got to wait till that off week, which we haven't had – here in the past, but we do this year. So if we're gonna, if we get to that off week and still don't like what's going on, that would be a time you can make some major changes.
2: All right, good stuff there from Nate Oates. We've got to hit the break, and when we come back, we'll talk uh, Tennessee in the crosshairs of the NCAA again. Show with Hunter Johnson. It's the Tide
0: Basketball Postgame Show, brought to
2: you by Pritchett Moore Insurance, Tuscaloosa's best choice for
0: business and personal insurance for 90 years.
2: As much as Free has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the Free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch. Deal
1: or shop in over 2,000 stores nationwide. Use the store locator to find the store closest to you. All pets are unique. Your pets' results can and will vary. As and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request.
0: Never miss a moment of the action. Download the free Tide 100.9 app today.
2: Welcome back into the Gary Harris show. And uh, Dan Harrelson is on old Rocky Top from Vols Wire, part of the USA Today Sports Network, and uh, texted uh, Dan on short notice, and he uh, agreed to jump on with me this morning and and discuss the uh, latest with Tennessee athletics uh, under investigation again by the NCAA, including football, for NIL violations. I've had a lot of people tell me I didn't know that you could commit NIL violations. Well, evidently you can, and Dan's going to help us kind of clear this up. Good morning, Dan. How are you?
7: I'm doing well. Was not expecting to deal with the NCAA news yesterday and today, but but here we are. As a lot of people across the country, media, fans, whatever uh, your, your, your aspect is to college athletics, we all know the NCAA will will cause a lot of headaches for a lot of schools out there, and it, it seems like they're they're trying to do the same. Thing to Tennessee for a second time in, in as many years, or in a year and a half, or, or whatnot.
2: That's right. Uh, you know, coming off the the Jeremy Pruitt uh, situation, here we go again. Before we specifically jump into Tennessee, though, I, I and I think I may have had this conversation with you uh, when you were on one time, but I, I'm I'm kind of I don't know if amused is the right word, but I'm hearing a lot of these sports business analyst and and some of the talking heads are now saying about NIL, well, there's no way we could have foreseen what this would become. And I'm like, really? Remind me not to get any business advice from you, because I don't think uh, people like you and I ever had any doubt that this was what this was going to be. Name, image, and likeness was just a facade for, hey, we're going to recruit you know, we're going to have a recruiting slush fund and we're going to start buying players and then we're going to pay pay players once they're in school. Yeah, are there some of these student athletes that are doing legit NIL deals? Absolutely. But for the most part, um, this is what it was destined to be. And that is a pay-for-play situation for most of these schools, right?
7: Yeah, that's what makes it really interesting because like you said, pay-for-play. So we live in this era as of July, first 2021 when nil became a thing for for one aspect of it so now, now you're you're looking at it post july 1st 2021 and i mean you can call it nil but uh, we all know behind the scenes uh, for every single school uh that, that probably negotiates or, or cooperates uh, whatever the circumstance may be to get student athletes in for pay to play I mean, it happened before NIL as well, but th- this is another reason why you do not want the NCAA on your campus. And I-, I can think of two incidents now with the University of Tennessee with the NCAA being on campus, and once they're on campus, they always find more because that-, that was the key cog of of this uh, story or-, or the news breaking yesterday was not just football but multiple sports. Mm-hmm. And you you go back to the Jeremy Pruitt situation where, obviously, the NCAA uh, was looking at that. And then now you have this from the aftermath around the same timeline. Rewind it back to 2009, 2010, when the NCAA uh, was here looking at Lane Kiffin's uh, recruiting stuff going on. And at that same time, that's how they found the Bruce Pearl stuff, the the barbecue. At the time, you cannot have, I think, an 11th grader for on-site recruiting at a barbecue, whatever. And that is now legal in in terms of recruiting. But they would have never found that if if NCAA was not here. So it's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. Out, out. My personal opinion is, Since the NCAA was obviously looking at Tennessee not once but twice uh, across multiple sports throughout the whole campus, they better have solid proof in terms of saying this person was pay for play I don't know if that's wiretaps, whatever, but you just cannot assume that, hey, Nico came here, as Lane Kitson says, alleged $8 billion uh, to the University of Tennessee. So you got to have solid proof saying, hey, come here, we can give you this much. Because outside of that, they have nothing uh, in terms of uh, going against somebody's right uh, for name, image, and likeness. And that's kind of what, what we've seen in response late yesterday, and especially this morning. You have uh, the Tennessee Attorney General this morning filing a suit against the NCAA for the quote, NIL recruiting ban, uh, arguing that the NCAA violates federal antitrust law. So. Well, if or when this thing goes into court, I don't know if the NCAA would settle outside of a court appearance. But from my understanding, NCAA does not do too well in a courtroom. So I think Tennessee is kind of handling this the way that they need to, especially in this era where you can have the premise of NIL for student athletes to play at your university
2: yeah i don't think there's any doubt that tennessee's going to take a hard line on this and 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 fight and that's what we're seeing more and more as you said the ncaa's track record isn't strong uh in a courtroom and and you know the president chancellor um uh, what is her name dan uh, it slips me uh D. plowman yeah she came out with that scathing statement yesterday so there's no doubt tennessee's going to uh they're going to fight this. Um, you mentioned Nico Ayamaleva, the quarterback, and that seems to be you know he seems to be the the student athlete that this is focused on because when he committed, there were you know stories out there that this was what six million dollars or whatever. Um, what is it exactly that you think has brought Tennessee? into the ncaa's focus again Uh, when there are other schools you know we know the situation with the university of miami initially and other schools that just came out and formed these collectives too and just said hey you know we're going to get as much money as we can to to pay players um why why tennessee do you think
7: well, I think it's a couple reasons. And Remember Florida State, it may have been the, the day of the Orange Bowl against Georgia or the day before, I, I forget. But uh, they they have the NIL NCAA situation as well. But I, I think Tennessee from the get-go has been on top of the NIL collective. I, I know at the very beginning, and it may still be this, but each state has different rules. So maybe a place like Alabama couldn't get off uh, the runway or, or the ground running uh, with that aspect, having to deal with state stuff. But Tennessee's been on top of it from, from day one. Uh, I think places like Tennessee and other places, I mean, On Three is uh, a huge recruiting service that uh, really goes in deep, in detail with the uh, the NIL, especially the amounts of student athletes. And I, I think they've even ranked uh, some of the top collectives, and Tennessee's definitely up there. So I think. Uh, places like Tennessee that uh, have a well-known reputation now for NIL collectives, not just in football, but for all sports, I think that's a target. And I think the or the NCAA kind of wants to make everybody know that, hey, we're still in charge here. And I think with uh, part of it, the NCAA already being fresh uh, on campus so with the Jeremy Pruitt situation, uh, along with, like I just said, the collective is pretty pretty good uh, right now and, and delivering uh, for, for for all athletes across all sports. I mean, the thing that kind of stuck out to me with the first uh, uh, report on this was multiple sports. Uh, you look at a, a, a girl like Zeta Pooney, the third baseman for, for Tennessee softball. She transfers in from Oklahoma. All of a sudden, once she gets on campus, Tennessee softball won the conference regular season. And the uh, tournament championship uh, for the first time in, in at least 10 years and made the College World Series first appearance last year since 2015. She's an excellent player. She's the cousin of Nico, uh, the quarterback here at Tennessee. So it makes you wonder if maybe they're trying to go after somebody like that just because she is related. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But like I said, it, it goes back to you have to have solid evidence, maybe like a Will Wade. Uh, type situation at LSU, when you bring in the wiretaps. But then again, you, you look at uh, Bill Self at, at Kansas. Uh, he was part of that thing also, and he didn't. He hardly got anything. So it's it's really bizarre that they want to go after schools like Tennessee and Florida State right now for this NIL yeah. stuff. But places at North Carolina, it's okay to have fake classes. So I, I think that goes back to. So the scathing report from from Plowman, uh, the three-page letter she sent to Charlie Baker, NCAA president, saying, you know, basically, you, you keep moving the goalposts on different uh, institutions.
2: All right, Dan, uh, the, the the big question is, and we already established Tennessee's uh, strategy. Uh, they're not going to, to take this sitting down at all. Uh, ultimately, and there's a lot of people that say the NCAA has no teeth, but yet they are still the governing body of collegiate athletics. Um Do you think anything comes of this as far as more um, sanctions against the University of Tennessee?
7: Uh, Well, with the NCAA, I I say expect the unexpected, but I do kind of rewind it back to around this time last year before the baseball season started. Mally Ahuna, who transferred from Kansas to Tennessee as the ball's starting shortstop last year, It goes back to NCAA being fresh on the Pruitt stuff, but they found out that he came to Tennessee uh, before he actually signed to transfer to Tennessee uh, on a private plane, kind of like the Nico situation, uh, where you're trying to woo a player uh, to come here to to play and also NIL. Uh, Tony Vitello got suspended three games last year over that situation. Maui just sat out on Tennessee's precautions for the opening series, but that tells you right there that was nothing NCAA-related as far as the suspension goes, that sometimes you have to do stuff like that just to put it in the NCAA space to, to be in favor for them. They didn't do anything about the Maui situation last year. I don't see this any different uh, with, with the Nico situation. What will to wait and see. Expect the unexpected with the ncaa but as of right now i don't see anything different really unless there's more information to come uh solid information solid evidence that they tried to get him paid to play Uh, i don't see any different from the malia huda situation last year for baseball
2: dan harrelson with us uh, talking tennessee and the ncaa uh let me ask you this dan with in regards to big picture you know the old somebody needs to do something, and I always say, who's somebody and what are, what are they going to do? Uh, this, this genie is out of the box. I do think most of us agree now that this NIL structure is not uh, ideal. Could this, if nothing else, help lead to somehow some structure being put in place and some type of rules for paying players? Ultimately, whether that's contracts or uh, employment status, or, or do you think this... If nothing else, the focus and the publicity that this case is going to receive could lead us to having some type of uh, structure in regards to NIL going forward.
7: You would think so, just because you're you're starting to see, and really not just the state of Tennessee politicians. I mean, we've seen some stuff from from Florida with Florida State uh, situation there. But uh, this morning, it was the state of Tennessee and Virginia uh, who filed uh, the antitrust case against the NCAA over NIL-related matters? So you're starting to see more states jump in, and I just don't think the NCAA can overcome any of that. I, I think I think probably a lot of school presidents, athletic directors, those type people, maybe they do want the NCAA to still hang around for what you said to have more structure and going back to what Plowman said, don't keep moving the, the, the goalposts uh, per se. So I think it's in the end result, not just Tennessee, but Florida State, also what they're going through or have went through with the NIL, I think you're ultimately going to see some guardrails, uh, some more structure. And who knows? It could be what Chip Kelly was alluding to uh, about a month or so ago, that look football should be its own deal. Maybe you, you start seeing... Uh, uh, a breakthrough of, of maybe football just does its own thing. Uh, well, that may take some time, we'll have to wait and see on that. But I definitely think at the end result, you're going to see something come out of this.
2: Dan, if Tennessee, um, and, and, you know, you said they're going to take a hard line stance. Obviously, they are. Um, if they, let's say they refuse to cooperate uh, with this investigation, at all and does it go straight to a courtroom how do, How does the ncaa proceed if if tennessee says we're not cooperating with you
3: well
7: uh that's that's interesting because i think i think tennessee for their sake they need to get in the courtroom because if you don't get in the courtroom you're, you're basically settling for whatever they're trying to impose on you mm-hmm. so i i think I think it will get to a courtroom unless the NCAA just decides, hey, you know, maybe we overextended our reach here or or whatnot. But uh, I'll be surprised if it doesn't go to a courtroom. But, uh, you know, like I said, we'll just have to kind of wait and see about that. But we all know for one thing certain, if it does go to a courtroom, it's going to take some time. We saw that with Kansas, North Carolina, other schools, and, you you know, I, 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 just, I just don't think it's going to be a, a, a quick process with that. I mean, the Ed O'Bannon stuff took over a decade, it seemed like. So I, I just don't think it's going to be an easy process or a quick
2: process. It sure doesn't sound like it. It's um, These are crazy times in regards to collegiate athletics, particularly with college football. And um, one final question. You're covering the Vols. Uh, did you have a hint of this uh, until the reports came out yesterday? I guess uh, – um 40 broke it uh did you did you was there any rumblings up there that this might you know the ncw was looking into tennessee again or did you did you get the news when most of us
7: got it yeah uh pretty much everybody here got it it's basically the same time as pat 40 put that out and i think maybe the new york times also yeah, story too. yeah, same yeah. Time. but no it caught everybody by surprise then you start Kind of once that breaks, you start looking at certain things. You got a fire sports Twitter page, and they have not tweeted. This is about this time yesterday. They had not tweeted since like October 7th, October 9th, around that time frame. So, I've, them going silent like that, maybe that's when that October time frame was. Maybe, maybe they started thinking, well, we've got word that the NCAA is looking at all this. Maybe they started. Going in silent mode there, but I did notice that from, from last October was the last time they really publicly did much, at least socially, o- online.
2: All right. We're going to watch this. Everybody's going to watch this with uh, a lot of interest. Uh, timeline-wise, if, if Tennessee wants to get this into a courtroom, do um, you have any idea when that might happen?
7: Uh, I I mean, sometimes you'll you'll see – a call for a a speedy trial or whatnot, but I just don't see that happening because when the Pruitt stuff was going on, I was talking uh, with somebody on the committee and they just said that they were uh, so backed up. That was Joe Novak. Uh, I think he's still on the committee right now, but uh, he was on there for for that case or maybe not that specific case, but on the, the whole board. But he just said they were so backed up after COVID and that's one reason why it took so long for the Tennessee case to, to finally get uh, over with. Uh, of course, that was right before media day last summer.
2: It's going to be a wild ride, and um, we'll just have to kind of uh, watch what happens and see what happens and see where this goes. But uh, this, I I guess I'm naive. I, um, Dan, I just felt like that with NIL <laughs> running the way it's running, that we wouldn't be seeing any more NCAA investigations. But I was wrong, I guess.
7: Well, it also may be beneficial, and I know this has been thrown out there even before he retired, but I don't think it would hurt to have somebody like Nick Saban, maybe not as the president of the NCAA. I mean, who knows? Maybe he doesn't want anything like that. But maybe have a voice like that uh, now that he's not coaching, and Nick Saban to finally get get some people thinking straight in Indianapolis with the NCAA.
2: Yeah, of course, I don't know if Nick Saban wants to take that on, but you never know. Hey, thank you so much, Dan. Uh, tell, fill the listeners in real quick on where they can find you.
7: Yeah, at ballswire.com and at Dan Harrelson online. Thank you, my friend.
2: All right, thank you. All right, ladies and Tennessee Vols. It's nine fifty. We'll take a break and come back and wrap up this first hour. Uh, get ready for hour number two here on Ty one hundred point nine FM and twelve thirty AMW TBC. This is the Gary Harris Show, and your home for Alabama sports. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans right around the corner.
1: <sighs> so grab your Swiffer wet jet and just spray, push, all clean. Los Tarasco's has been serving Mexican
2: favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarasco's in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big-screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events. Los Tarasco's features daily happy. That's four lines and four
1: phones for $100, only at a Boost Mobile near you requires port and auto pay and ID verification. Available in select markets only. Other restrictions apply. See participating stores for details. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Lots of sunshine today. Cooler, Tuscaloosa's high 53. Mostly fair tonight with the light freeze, the low at 30. Tomorrow and Friday, a warming trend. Lots of sunshine both days. The high tomorrow is 60. The high Friday at 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 44 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Goal line in, touchdown Alabama! On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
2: All right, 9.54 here on The Gary Harris Show. We're winding it down for hour number one. Hour number two is coming up, and we're going to have Orlando Ledbetter talking about uh, the Falcons hiring Raheem Morris to try to uh, get there franchise back in contention for the postseason. And um, then at 10.30, Bart Heights on hoops. That's coming up in hour number two. As we close out this first hour, I had someone, and we've only got a couple, we got about three minutes here, had sent me a message saying I'd always, I've been promising that I would talk about the depth chart for Alabama football going into the spring, and I had, and I just never got around to it. Real quickly, I'm just going to write it down for you. Uh, again, I got this information from tighterinsider.com. Uh, From one of their posters Quarterbacks uh, four, Jalen Milrow Tyler Simpson, Dylan Lonergan And Austin Mack Uh, Running backs and these include players that um, Are coming in Uh, Jam Miller, Justice Haynes Richard Young, Kevin Riley and Daniel Hill Wide receivers Kobe Prentice, Kendrick Law Jeremy Bernard, Emmanuel Henderson Jalen Hill, Jaron Hamilton, Cole Adams Amari Jefferson, Rico Scott and Aaron Hampton Tight ends uh, Six tight ends including the freshmen, C.J. Dupree, Robbie Uts, Danny Lewis, Ty Lockwood, Caleb Odom, and Jay Lindsey. Offensive linemen, 13 of them, according to this list, Jaden Roberts, James Brockemeyer, Tyler Booker, Parker Brailsford, the transfer from Washington, the center, Elijah Pritchett, Ola Lennon, Lennon, Wilkin Forby, Miles McVay, Rock Montgomery, Nikhil Betrand from Texas A&M, Casey Poe, Joseph Ayanata and William Sanders out of Brookwood High School. Defensive lineman. 14 of them. Tim Smith, Jamarian Latham, Tim Keenan third, Damon Payne Jr., uh, Jaheem Otis, Curtis Perry, LT Overton, James Smith, Hunter Osborne, Edric Hill, Jordan Renault, Isaiah Faga, Jeremiah Beeman, and Steve Mbumama, Mbuomoa, I should say. Get it out this time. I know how to say that. I've said it before. Steve Embuamoa. A lot of people call him Steve M, but Steve Mbuamoa. Linebacker, 13 of them. Quindarius Robinson, Justin Jefferson, Deontay Lawson, Kiana Coote, Jihad Campbell, Keana Coote, Jihad Campbell, Jeremiah Alexander, Quay Russaw, Keon Keeley, Jan Pierre, Justin Quanquo, Sterling Dixon, Caden Jones, and Jay Ross, corners, Damani Jackson. Tony Mitchell, Jahil Hurley, Zabian Brown, Zay Mincy, Jalen Mbakwe, Drake or Patrick Jr. Safety, Malachi Moore, Devontae Smith, Bray Hubbard, Red Morgan, and Peyton Woodyard, and the specialist James Burnup, the putter, and Connor Talty uh, looks to take over for, of course, uh, Reichardt as the place kicker. So, that's kind of a rundown of the roster heading into spring football and that's going to wrap it up for this hour of the gary harris show hour number two is on the way this hour has been brought to you by alabama credit union we've got another hour to go keep it dialed in right here at tie 100.9 fm and 12 30 a.m wtbc your home for alabama sports
1: take on your day start your day with nature made the number one pharmacist recommended vitamin and supplement brand Based on a survey of pharmacists who recommend branded vitamins and supplements.
0: WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's
8: Kevin Wired. Some NFL news this morning. NFL Network saying that the Seahawks are bringing in Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald today for a second interview for their head coach opening. Seattle did meet with McDonald on Tuesday in Baltimore, so now he is getting his second go-around. In the NBA last night, the Warriors getting a big performance from Steph Curry. He had 37 points to help the Warriors get a 119-107 win over the 76ers, and the loss was a painful one for Philadelphia as Joel Embiid, after returning the lineup after suffering a knee injury, apparently aggravated his knee and will have an MRI later today. Nick Nurse did say after the game uh, that this injury is unrelated to the one that has kept him out of the lineup. The New York Knicks make it eight straight wins as they beat the Utah Jazz 118-103 Celtics over the Pacers 129-124.
0: Now, this hour's West Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom.
8: Tuscaloosa Police
5: Department and the Tuscaloosa Violent Crimes Unit were on the scene at an apartment shooting on Old Greensboro Road, leaving one person dead. It marks the third deadly shooting in Tuscaloosa County this month. The robbery of a Brookwood pharmacy drew a large police presence Monday afternoon, although the suspect had already left the scene when they arrived. Tuscaloosa City Schools along with Town Square Media Tuscaloosa and Child Abuse Prevention Services of Tuscaloosa highlight a Student of the Month from each of the 21 one schools in the district this month eighth grader at Westlawn middle school adriana received the
4: inspiring excellence award
0: get 24 7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free tuscaloosa thread app and sign up for twice daily email newsletters the Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA twenty-three. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide one hundred point nine, and streaming on the Tide one hundred point nine app.
2: Hour number two, of the Gary Harris show for this Wednesday, January 31, 2024. We're on the air, and this hour being brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys at Law, Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, dedicated to serving the clients. Integrity and excellence are the driving force behind the firm and its staff, and you can reach them anytime, 24 hours a day. They're available for your needs right here in West Alabama with feet on the ground. Paul is in. Tuscaloosa, 205-345-1000. Mike's in Northport at 205-759-3939. Patterson Comer Law Firm, the commitment to serve our clients does not stop at the end of the workday. We're available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. PattersonComerLawFirm.com. No representation is made that the
4: quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers.
2: All right. And we are going to get this hour started with our pal, D. Orlando Ledbetter from the Atlanta Journal Constitution Falcons beat writer. AJC.com joins us throughout the football season, but wanted to get him on because uh, the Arthur Smith regime lasted three seasons and uh, just flat out didn't get it done. And the Falcons made a decision to move on from Arthur Smith and. Two major candidates uh, were mentioned. Jim Harbaugh, who is taking the Los Angeles Chargers job. And, of course, Bill Belichick, who is still unemployed. But Raheem Morris, former Falcons assistant and interim head coach, former head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks, most recently defensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams, gets the job. Orlando, good morning.
5: Good morning. Gary, thanks for having me today.
2: What went into the decision? It seemed like it came down to Raheem Morris and Bill Belichick, and the Falcons go with Raheem Morris over arguably the greatest head coach in NFL history. What went into the process?
5: Yeah, well, you know, Arthur Blank uh, wanted Bill Belichick uh, really bad, but when it came down to it, his lack of willingness to, you know, work in a collaborative setting, uh, you know, where he wanted control of all the power, according to a couple of uh, reports, too, and things I heard, too, uh, Yahoo Sports' Charles Robinson, is uh, you know, Blake didn't want a dictatorship. He wanted a collaboration. And you have to understand that uh, he made his money at Home Depot uh, and believed in the collaborative process with Bernie Marcus to build that empire. And so that's how he's been trying to build this team, by finding two people at the— Uh, that are the best at what they do. And Raheem at coaching and uh, Terry Fontenot at personnel.
2: So, in other words, if Bill Belichick had been willing to play ball with Arthur Blank on Arthur Blank's terms, would he have gotten the job?
5: Unquestionably, he was a target. Uh, You know, but as far back as November when they found out uh, through back channels that he might become available. Uh, You know, Arthur Smith was uh, on the hot seat from there on and needed to get things moving. He wasn't able to. And, you know, just like in Home Depot business, if you're not making enough sales, you're going to probably get fired. So that's what happened to Arthur Smith, and they went after Bill Belichick with all guns blazing, but he was not receptive to their vision for the franchise.
2: So Raheem Morris, who... uh had been the head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks and um, was let go there, had uh, done a good job as a Falcons assistant, was the interim head coach for a while, but uh, how did he emerge and ultimately how did the Falcons brass decide on Raheem Morris?
5: Yeah, he was real close last time. They know him. Uh, He's uh, one of the best coaches in the league on the coordinator side and he also has experience on the offensive side and I think that was, one of the deciding factors for them is, hey, if something goes wrong, uh, he can fix it before it gets out of hand. You know. Uh, and then they saw the job he did this year. You know, winning. The, you know, with the Rams, where he had a bunch of uh, undrafted and uh, first round, first draft, first year draft pick contract guys, and uh, you know, it wasn't a great defense, but it was good enough for, the, for them to get to ten and seven and go to the playoffs with. So, you know, they know that they he can make lemon out of lemonade or make lemonade out of lemon. And, uh, uh, that's um, you know, they're past that situation. They're trying to get more players here and find a quarterback. But, yeah, his track record's proven, and um, they wanted a head coach that will come in here that won't be guessing on trying to, you know, figure out what to do on his first-hand coaching job.
2: Staff-wise, it's already coming together. Um what do you think of the staff that he's, that he's
5: getting in place? Yeah, I'm doing a little bit more homework on him. kind of uh, unimpressed with the fact that uh, Zach Robinson's never caught a play in the NFL. Uh, Jimmy Lake, his D.C., hasn't caught a play in the NFL either. And he's got uh, out west guys, you know. Uh, Jimmy Lake, the defensive coordinator, has been uh, in and out of the league as a defensive back coach. Did a lot of work in college out, out west. And, you know, we're kind of smug down south about our football. You know, <laughs> we couldn't find somebody from the SEC. <laughs> you know, so, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in learning more about Jimmy Lake. Uh, you know, found have had some good D-backs at Washington. Trim McDuffie's one of them. But Zach Robinson's only been in the league since 19. But, I mean, he, unless he learned something from watching Sean McVay, uh, you know, and he can be learned something from Simon Bay, then I'll take it. But, uh, you know, I got to see him do it. I like to look at the track records and see who's proven. Uh, and so you got two unproven coordinators coming
2: in. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, let's touch on Arthur Smith before we can look ahead to the future. Um, I think when that hire was made, a lot of people felt good about it when he came over from Tennessee as the offensive coordinator. It just didn't happen. It seemed like every year they were close, but never got over the hump. What what held Arthur Smith back as far as being successful in Atlanta?
5: Yeah, and I talked to him about it. You know, when he got here, he thought it was, uh, you know, when he had his pick of like four teams, he picked this one because he thought it was the best. But then when he got here, uh, you know, the talent wasn't as, as uh, <clears throat> good as he thought it was. You know, he had the Matt Ryan fiasco the first year, a of first off season. You know, he went seven and seven and ten with, uh, you know, an understaffed team, you know. And then the next year he goes seven and ten again with playing with $88 million in dead cap space. So, you know, he was put in a bad spot. And it looked like his um, challenge was, hey, take off. Next year we've spent the money. Um, you got to pick your own quarterback. And uh, they did, that didn't work out. They threw the ball, you know, away fumbled it away and uh you know they never got the consistency that you want to see from good coach teams you know those, those other teams were perfect they were good they were good coach no game mismanagement they played to their uh above their heads a lot of times so you thought hey when he gets some talent he's going to be okay but uh that wasn't the case <clears throat> and they didn't give him a second chance
2: for Arthur Blake um Time flies. He's on the team 22 years now, has taken them to the one Super Bowl, which will live in infamy. The Falcons blew that 28-3 third-quarter lead against the Patriots. But here they are starting over again. Um, He turns 82 uh, this year, and uh, he seems to be fit and in good health. But still, I mean, you know, the Falcons' clock is ticking as far as, uh, you know, getting this – Franchise and organization to the top um for Arthur Blake, you know how much longer has he got to to reach his goal, which is to bring Atlanta a world championship in in the NFL
5: yeah, that's what' and part of what this move was about. They like their roster, they think they did a good job of building it uh there's still some more work to do, you know the original plan. Was uh, the Kansas City plan with the uh, Arthur Smith, and Terry that was build up the um, team and then drop the quarterback in? Um, and you know this probably wasn't going—they weren't going to be able to do that in the first couple of years. And so you know they got to keep building. Maybe they get the quarterback this year, or maybe it, uh, you get the long-term quarterback next year. But they expect to be competing for certainly the NFC South, and then eventually maybe. Uh, Turn into a Super Bowl contending team again in the next
2: couple of years. You mentioned quarterback. Who do you think is the day one starter for the Falcons? Is it someone, uh, is it Ritter? Is it someone that's, uh, on the roster now or is it going to be someone from the outside?
5: Uh, Jaden Daniels or Michael Penix are my two candidates. All right. So
2: you think they will draft one and, and, and go with them early?
5: Yeah. No doubt they have to. Um, Gary, uh, I'm not paying Kirk Cousins $90 million. Uh, I mean, you know, he, he would come in and he'd be okay, but you still got to draft one. And, uh, and and Justin Fields, Jack Robinson's an uh, air raid dropback guy. So I don't see where you bring him in uh, and try to fit him into the Rams uh, Rams version of uh, the West Coast offense. So, yeah, I don't think Justin fits anymore, but those are the people who will be coming available, Baker Mayfield, they got him for $4 million on the steal down in Tampa Bay last year. So I don't know if you want to get into a bid war with them for Baker, but, you know, those are some of the names that are out there on the free agent uh, possible trade circuit
2: going to be interesting to say to say the least all right well uh, i'll be pulling for raheem morris i've i've you know personally i've got my my doubts but that's the case anytime you hire a coach in this in in this league you never know for sure um let me ask you about the super bowl ultimately uh, the chiefs are back again and and the 49ers uh, uh two teams that a lot of people said before the season would get here was not always a smooth road for these two but uh they got it done how do you see the super bowl playing out
5: yeah, um, you know, Coach Kyle uh, Shanahan and uh, General Manager John Lynch have done a fine job of turning the 49ers around. They do have whiffed on the quarterback situation. You know, they tried. Uh, you know, but Brock Purdy has done a, you know, he's a good facilitator. I'm not one of those. He's a game manager, guys. He, all he does is make plays. Now, does he play a perfect game? No, none of them do. So, um, you know, I think they got a shot. But I'm not ready to pick a Brock Purdy team over a Patrick Mahomes team for the Super Bowl with everything on the line.
2: All right. Sounds good. And a quick thought on Jim Harbaugh leaving Michigan for the Chargers.
5: Yeah, that was a good move for the Chargers. Uh he was uh as far as the coaches go, uh in this round he was clearly the that picking the job. He's clearly the best one that you don't you know knows what he's doing, gonna come in there. Uh and get things fixed around they got the quarterback they are 44 million over the cap so they gotta reduce some deals they might lose some players but um yeah if he gets in play his brand of ball which is tough hard-nosed physical football uh which you got kind of do in the afc west he'll be uh he'll be in good shape out there
2: great stuff for orlando appreciate it as always and um Mention the uh, Twitter and or the X, whatever it is now, and the website and all the different places that people can follow you.
5: Oh, thanks, uh, Gary. That's Orlando AJC on the X. And, um, you know, our uh, uh, Facebook page, Atlanta Falcons News Now, and the latest episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast is out with uh, special guest appearances from Dan Quinn and Les Knee, Rams general manager. They're both talking about Raheem Morris shed some light on
2: the Falcons' new hire. So thank you so much, Gary. Sounds good. Thank you, Orlando. It's 10-14 here on the Gary Harris Show and the YMCA of Tuscaloosa. This is the final day of January, which means it's the final day to join without any joining fee. You don't have to pay uh, any kind of Membership initiation. Just go down to the Y, sign up, get your monthly dues uh, started, and start working out and getting in shape today. Uh, if you're going to be fit for the summer, you got to do it now. You got to put the work in now. You got to do it in February and March and April, and you know to be ready for May and June and July. So that's just the way it works. Can't uh, can't get the beach body if you're not in shape and waiting until June to do it. You got to put the work in now and get ready for it in the YMCA can help you out they certainly can provide you the facility they can provide you with personal training fitness classes whatever you need the y of tuscaloosa twenty three hundred Thirteenth street downtown we'll be back with more of the gary harris show right after this Since 2011, Billy's Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful johnson as they talk tide basketball don't miss the crimson tide basketball pregame show brought
0: to you by pritchett moore insurance tuscaloosa's best choice for business and personal insurance for 90 years
2: tuscaloosa's old colony golf course is an 18 hole championship layout designed by 1976 u.s open champion jerry pate director of golf john gray and fitting specialist bob montgomery are pga certified mike shivitz is the head professional and director of the tuscaloosa junior golf program
1: Call today to secure a tea towel. Or shop in over 2,000 stores nationwide. Use the store locator to find the store closest to you. All pets are unique. Your pet's results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. Tide 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Lots of sunshine today. Cooler Tuscaloosa high 53. Mostly fair tonight with the light freeze. The low at 30. Tomorrow and Friday a warming trend. Lots of sunshine both days. The high tomorrow is 60. The high Friday at 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 47 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: Know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 109 app today.
2: Welcome back to the Gary Harris Show. Phone lines are open right now, wide open on the Krispy Kreme Donuts Hotline at 205 342 9904. We invite you to give us a call if you want to get involved in the program. We've got uh, Bart Heights on Hoops coming up at the bottom of the hour. A lot to talk about in SEC basketball. Boy, this is really shaping up to be an interesting season. Justin, Alabama tonight uh, on the road. We heard Nate Oates earlier say, you know, two years ago, uh, they knocked Alabama off over there, and that was the only win for Tom Crean. Uh, his final season there at in, 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 in Georgia in the SEC was over Alabama. They went 1-17. and 17. So that's got to be a, a, a reminder to, even though not that many players on this team were on that team uh, from a couple of years ago, if any, really, but uh, for the coaching staff, I'm sure, and the players, Coach Oates is going to remind them of that. And this is a better Georgia team than that team. But road wins are, man, if you're going to win the league, you got to win on the road. You know, Alabama won at Mississippi State. They won at Vanderbilt. A chance tonight to get another road win before coming home to play Mississippi State on Saturday.
4: No, I think you're exactly right, especially in this league this year. I mean, we just keep seeing South Carolina win games. I think anybody can lose um, and anybody can win any given night and like nato said going over to georgia at least two years ago they struggle some maybe maybe we'll see some texts like he was talking about and we'll get some good play out of our guys yeah i think they're gonna play hard and you know i think they're a better team
2: than georgia uh georgia's good i mean georgia's not bad they're 14 and 6 overall so their overall record's identical with alabama's they didn't play nearly the the you know the non-conference schedule that that alabama did but they're four and three in the league Uh, alabama six and one yeah, you know, it's not that much difference. Alabama right now is in sole possession of first place in the conference. And um you know, i have been saying all along that I thought, you know, it was Kentucky, Tennessee and Auburn at the top and Alabama was in that next tier, but right now, you know, we're closing in on halfway through the conference schedule and Alabama's the team in first place. And you know, that one loss at Tennessee, yeah, you know, um it's there, but Tennessee uh is 5 and 2. You know, they've Even though they beat Alabama at home, including that loss last night to South Carolina, uh, it's wide open for Alabama now. I'm going to have to go ahead and say, this Alabama team, I'm with Nate Oates. Uh, The way they score the ball, Justin, if they can guard people and get a little tougher
4: on the interior defensively, they got a chance to win this league. They definitely do. And I think, if anything, this Tennessee loss uh, last night is just – puzzled me because it it, i don't know what to think about the team just yet i feel like we've played bad and then we've played very good um obviously we've played good against south carolina and we beat them almost by 30 points what does that what does this loss that tennessee had tell you gary about our team if you kind of look at the the way we played against south carolina and how tennessee lost to it yeah you know it's that's basketball
2: you know alabama blew south carolina out and uh and got blown out by Tennessee, you know, so that, that's the dynamic. I, I think that, um, for one thing, Alabama played South Carolina at home. Um, you know, South Carolina had, had that awesome record in the non-conference, but they early in the conference schedule, I think they were still kind of finding out who they were, and, um, you know, Alabama jumped on them and, and, and beat them good. At Tennessee, uh, Tennessee was jacked for that game. It was a big game for them at home, a game they, you know, knew that, they needed to win and they outplayed Alabama. Uh, they had more intensity. Um, they played better on the floor. They had a physicality that Alabama didn't match. So it was just one of those one of those games for Alabama where they got whipped. Um, but give Alabama credit. You know, they've come back from that that loss and won two big home games and now we're in a position like I said if they win tonight, they'll be 7 and 1 in the league. And um have a two-game lead over South Carolina, and they beat South Carolina head up. And, you know, even if Auburn wins tonight, and let's be honest, Auburn's going to win. I mean, um, <laughs> you know, they got Vanderbilt at home, so Auburn's two-game losing streak is coming to an end. Auburn very fortunate to catch Vanderbilt twice. And, uh, you know, the way they're doing the schedule, too, it's kind of peculiar. You'll play a team, and then you turn around, it seems like, you know, 10 days later, and you play them again. But um, Auburn will be 6-2, and two. So either Alabama's going to have a a solo lead or they're going to be bunched up there at the top because I think Kentucky's going to beat Florida, Auburn's going to beat Vanderbilt, South Carolina's already won. So you're going to have either a several teams at 6 and 2 or you're going to have Alabama leading outright at 7 and 1. All that Alabama needs to do is win tonight if they win tonight they're in solo first place so uh, and they got a home game this Saturday night against Mississippi State although this Mississippi State team is tough but Alabama's already beaten them in Starkville and then they lost a a tough game last night at Ole Miss that was a really entertaining game between Mississippi State but we'll get into much more basketball talk coming up with uh, with Bart Heights on hoops coming up at the bottom of the hour and you know Two, Justin. Um, we had Casey Smith on golf earlier in the week, and you know we've been talking a lot about the future of professional golf with the PGA Tour, with live with a merger. Well, this news came out this morning, <clears throat> as expected. The PGA Tour has reached a deal with Strategic Sports Group, a consortium of billionaire sports team owners. To infuse up to $3 billion into a new for-profit entity, PGA Tour Enterprises, that was officially launched today. That announcement coming from the Tour. Because, you know, the PGA Tour is a nonprofit entity. Under the terms of the deal, Strategic Sports Group, which is being led by Fenway Sports Group, which would make an initial investment of $1.5 billion, with the possibility of another $1.5 billion coming later, the PGA Tour will control the for-profit company. The Tour said in a news release that the deal with SSG allows for a co-investment from Saudi Arabia's public investment fund subject to all necessary regulatory approvals. Now, all this information that I'm reading you comes from Mark Schlabaugh at ESPN.com. So the PGA Tour um, said that nearly 200 of its members would have access to a first of its kind program that would allow them to become equity holders in PGA tour enterprises. The members would collectively have access to more than one and a half billion in equity grants, which will vest over time. The size of grants will be determined by a tiered system based on career accomplishments, recent achievements, future participation and services and PGA tour membership status. The equity program would be available only to qualified PGA tour players. So, this is huge. Making PGA Tour members basically owners of their of their own league. Um, how you know? Obviously, if you're on the PGA Tour, this is good news. You've got an infusion of cash. You've got owners in this consortium who, you know, include Tom Werner and John Henry of the Red Sox. The Brewers owner, Arthur Blank of the Falcons, the Celtics owner, the Mets, Steve Cohen. And I guess where I'm going with this is I'm reading the story from Schleyball. This clearly ties them in with Saudi money too. I don't know... Where this means, though, as far as Live and the PGA Tour
4: combining, I can't really figure that out. The only thing I can assume, Gary, is um, like you said, Casey kind of told us this was going to be coming, <clears throat> as well as for the past weeks and weeks we've been talking about the Live merger as well. I think this just puts us closer to the Live merger. It's kind of like PGA Tour has kind of put all of their, I guess, was it monkeys in one barrel. <laughs> um, and so I could see that coming. I know Liv has been making splashes with John Rom and announcing his team the other day. I thought what was interested, and maybe we get your quick take on it though, but John Rahm recruited a college athlete, which we talked about the possibility of this with Nick Dunlap, but uh, Tennessee's Caleb Surratt going straight from college to live on reportedly a very large yeah. deal. Yeah. So, but for now, they are separate
2: tours. And we'll see how all this evolves going forward all right it's ten twenty eight here on the gary harris show and uh, we're going to take a time out and when we come back we are going to uh, talk sec basketball in depth with bart heights on hoops the former mississippi state guard and uh, current broadcaster breaks it down for us every week and we'll have that next here on the Gary Harris Show. Before we hit the break, though, I do want to mention that my friend uh, Tom and T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery, University Mall, uh, you want to look your best, gentlemen, that is the place to go. T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery, University Mall. Tom will hook you up also, that one-of-a-kind
1: or shop in over 2,000 stores nationwide. Use the store locator to find the store closest to you. All pets are unique. Your pets' results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request.
0: Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well, The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
2: 31. Welcome back in to the Gary Harris Show. Time for Bart Heights on Hoops. And um, we got a lot to cover this morning. And Justin is getting the phone set up right now for Bart, the former Mississippi State Guard and Final Four member. And boy, what a game last night between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. We're going to break that one down. And now we got Bart ready to go. Bart Heights on Hoops. And uh, good morning, Bart. Morning, sir. How you doing? Doing well. I tell you what, if Tennessee Vols fans, after a tough day yesterday with the report coming out in the New York Times and by Pat Forty that uh, Tennessee uh, is under investigation again in their athletic department for NIL indiscretions, didn't know there was such a thing. If they were hoping to get, you know, a little feel-good ointment last night, it didn't happen. South Carolina rolled into Thompson Bowling, and boy, this South Carolina team is getting it done. They beat Tennessee last night. Sixty three fifty nine. Would you, you know, make What do you make of that?
9: Well, you know, early in the year when Mississippi State traveled up to Columbia and lost to open the SEC season, I felt like I just felt like South Carolina had potential to be really good defensively. Um, in the first half against Alabama, Gary, they were elite defensively. And then Alabama just went on one of those runs. They are going home, and we all kind of forgot. But kept my eye on them, man. They got a good freshman in Miller boyles um, The last two games, Gary, they've done this without Michi Johnson scoring more than five points in two games. He's been their leading scorer. So you got Young. They've been doing it without Studi. Studi came back last night, made three threes on the road at Tennessee. Played at Vandy last year, if you remember. They're legit. Mac can step. Mac is a matchup problem. He can step out. Uh, and score on offense and bring the other teams big out, which opens up driving lanes for the guards and pitch opportunities. So, yeah, Lamont, he, he's developed a good roster. They guard people. Uh, they they protect the rim. They can get to the free throw line. But lately, they've been making timely three point jump shots. And I think anytime you get a team on a roll and they start shooting it well, confidence is a big deal. Uh, but they made they made uh, Tennessee Dalton connect dimensional, if that makes sense. Last night, there's a lot of standing and watching going on, and it feels like Ziegler and Bescovy have kind of. Step back, and they've got to be more assertive, more aggressive. Yeah, you got to get um, score. and no stop. Doubt. Yeah, and just stop watching. You know, it's, Richard Williams was talking about um, on our show the other day about like Mississippi State needs three score. We need three scores, um, and that's kind of, that's what the top level teams uh, have consistently each night. The South Carolina, you've got to start moving them uh, in that tier, that top tier of SEC teams. After that win uh, beating Kentucky at home and beating Tennessee, South Carolina deserves to be in tier one of the SEC. Team. Yeah,
2: no doubt about it. Uh- up in Oxford last night, man, what a game. I was able I had that one on in the sports office at the TV station and cut, you know, was watching it. And I'm telling you, man, uh Ole Miss and Mississippi State, they they both brought it last night. And uh boy, the free throw issues for Mississippi State. I mean, oh boy, that's something that's just it's costing them, you know, wins. But uh what a game last night in Oxford and great night for the state of Mississippi, two in-state rivals going at it in the end. Uh, you know, Ole Miss uh I don't know that they made the plays down the stretch, but Mississippi State uh, didn't make the plays, and Ole Miss gets an eighty-six, eighty-two win. It,
9: it was it, it was the old school rivalry like we've seen in that game, Gary. And I think Ole Miss—it's just to me their guards, uh, their guards have played as well in the last couple of weeks as anybody in the SEC, especially at home, uh, except to tell you know minus obviously the Tennessee game. But I I keep saying this, that Chris Beard, they keep winning these close games, Gary. I mean, last night, Juju Murray the transfer from St. Peter's was just, I mean, he was 7 of 18 from the field. But 4 of 11 from 3, and 2 of those were so timely. Toward the end of the game. Mississippi State was up. Here's the here's the difference in the game. Run. So that game of runs. 37-30 it was Mississippi State. Ole Miss closes the half on a 9-2 run to tie it up at 39-39. Then goes on a 6-0 run of their own. So a 15-2 run to close the half and open the half uh, was really a big difference. And then State kept inching back, kept inching back. And then Juju just jumped up and made a couple of shots. I mean, when your backcourt goes for 40, any night in the <laughs> SEC, and you win, and you compete on the boards, um, and and uh, and, and, I, and turnovers, uh, points off turnovers was huge. Not just free throws, but turnovers have been a problem for state as well. Um, but yeah, man, uh, you got to give Ole Miss credit, man. They're playing well. They're playing playing very well at home.
2: Yeah, yeah, they are. And a uh, big win for them last night. All right, uh, let's look ahead till tonight. And uh, since it'll be the last time I visit with you, we'll also touch on Saturday when yeah. Mississippi State comes into Alabama. Let's start with Alabama, Georgia. Um, you know, you look at Coach Oates. He reminded the media yesterday that two years ago, that was only when Georgia got in the league. They were 1-17, but they knocked off Alabama. I don't know if there were any players left from that team, and he coaches for that matter, but Nate Oates remembers it, and this is a better Georgia team, certainly a, a team that's capable. What does Alabama need to do to, uh, to do to go to Stegman tonight and get a win?
9: Start early. Um, I think Alabama really needs to get off to a good start tonight. Stegman's a different place. I've said it for years. It's just a different background. You know, the, behind the basket, that that, that uh, jumbo tron is just right there in your face, and it's kind of different, but – Mike White's team's not bad, and they played really well at home. Thomason has played extremely well at home. Abdur Rahim has gotten it going a little bit more. Uh, But to me, it's about Alabama and them being able to protect the rim. Georgia has really been good on the offensive glass, and they've been good on the interior the last few weeks. And Alabama, on the road except for at Tennessee, They have been pretty good on the backboards, protecting the rim. Alabama needs to stay out of foul trouble. Uh, But I think you will see Nate Oates spread the floor tonight because at times Michael White will go small. And when he goes small, Alabama's going to do the same thing. I look for that to be the key. You know, who goes small, who stays big. Whichever coach finds the combination that gives the other team the problem, I think they're going to keep doing that. You know, who can make adjustments. Michael White's as good at it as anybody in the league. I like this game to be – Fairly close tonight, uh, Gary. I, I just really – I I, I, th- I don't know if Georgia can will, – will win the game, but I do think this thing is going to be back and forth, game of runs. Um, but, but I think of all the teams – South Carolina, yes, obviously they're surprising. Um, Ole Miss, yes, they're surprising. Uh, but this Georgia team, nobody um, talked about them either. And I think Michael watched a huge reason – uh, that they're where they are but it's defense rebounding and their guards have played really well at home they've protected their home quarter will be interesting to see if they can do the same tonight
2: so you like bam in a close one
9: i like bam in a close one or not
2: martin hyatt's on hoops with us and he's been spot on on most of his analysis uh, when we look at these games how they play out florida at kentucky and uh you know i i'm i'm with you i mean i look at that kentucky roster and just think and they ought to they ought to win the league Uh, just based on on roster. But we've seen this with Cal. Man, you know, just the results, unfortunately for Kentucky fans, last few years haven't haven't matched what, you know, always matched the personnel that they've had. Florida probably should have beat Kentucky down there. Uh, This one's in Lexington. Um, What do you see in this matchup?
9: I don't see – I don't see Kentucky being elite defensively yet. I mean, their numbers are, like, really bad. Like, if you look at them in the last, I think it's probably seven or eight games, they're one of the worst defensive efficiency teams in the country. I expect them to rebound tonight, though. Florida's been on a heater. I think they won, like, three in a row, um, gotten themselves back into consideration. They're up to, like, number 35 in the Palm. That would mean that they are in the tournament in a lot of people's eyes. Uh, But it's games like this on the road that – You know, it it, it feels like they're walking into a trap tonight. I think you'll see Ruck go. I think it'll be probably close in the first half. But Kentucky's freshman guards have got to guard the ball better. That's been a huge problem, keeping guys in front, talking about Dillingham. Yeah, Shepard's one of the leaders in the league in steals, but his guy is able to create uh, and get to the rim a lot, especially when teams, teams are going smaller against those big lineups, and Kentucky's bigs are having a hard time getting out the shooters, keeping people out of the lane. And now here's the other thing, Gary, that nobody talks about. Now that the charge has gone away from college basketball – It's somewhat, it's sometimes difficult if you get a small lineup in against a bunch of bigs or you got a team that has like two big guys. Like, obviously, you can't play Z uh, and uh, Bradshaw together. But if you did, man, that's a matchup nightmare of the way everybody shoots threes and spreads out. So I think tonight will be a a big key because Florida's bigs are skilled. They can step out, pick and pop, and shoot the basketball. Um, They're excellent rolling, but they're excellent passing as well. How Kentucky stays in front of the basketball. Florida's penetrating guards, and how their bigs guard, ball screens, do you get switches? I think that's a huge key tonight. And Todd Golden is a genius at that, like Bruce Pearl, who he learned from. Florida can stay in this game tonight, but I expect in Kentucky to pull away somehow late. Their size, strength, length, and being at home, I think they make shot.
2: Arkansas and Missouri. Good news is one of these teams is going to get a win. Bad news is one of them is going to get a loss.
9: It probably goes into overtime. <laughs> <laughs> That's what <I> <laughs> um, Missouri can't protect the rim. Uh, Arkansas has absolutely no clue who they are offensively. Um, and in the half court, they are putrid. They've been bad at home. Uh, I like Missouri tonight. I mean, I think I think tomorrow the storyline is going to be Arkansas because Missouri's been close now. I know they hadn't won a game, but they've been in games. They had South Carolina beat at home. Uh, I think Missouri, this could be a real dangerous spot for Arkansas. I just don't see it getting any better. I don't see the energy. I don't see – I mean, if you watch the game day the other day when they were playing Kentucky, I and mean, they played really good for a while and held Kentucky to 63 points, but Kentucky's not great defensively, Gary, and Arkansas only scored 57 points at home. I think their their offensive struggles – are walking into a hornet's nest tonight in, uh, in Como. And so I think Booch's hamburgers will be rocking before and after the game. And, uh, and I, I like Missouri tonight in a big, big way.
2: All right. And, uh, Auburn's two game losing streak. I think it's safe to say is going to come to an end tonight. Uh, they're fortunate. They catch Vanderbilt twice this year. And really the SEC with the scheduling where you play somebody and 10 days later, you play them again. It seems like uh, Auburn gets Vanderbilt at home tonight. Um, Got a bad feeling on uh, for Vanderbilt in this one. Uh, Auburn is not uh, in a good mood. Bruce Pearl has called out some players, and uh, you just kind of get that impression that Vandy's coming into Neville Arena at a bad time.
9: Yeah, we had him on our show uh, this morning. <laughs> and he uh, he's not in a good mood. Well, he was actually great. I mean, yeah. He was he was um, he actually it was it was funny on the lead in. It was just a hey, I you know you lost, uh, you lost you lost a couple tough games, and he was like, hey man. Well, can we not talk about the 16 wins before that? You know, so He was in a good mood, but you're right. He's challenging his team. They're not as good offensively away from Neville Arena. They are comfortable at home. I want to see their energy early um, because if this thing gets out of hand early, Auburn is still who we thought they were. If not, if it takes them a minute to get into it, I don't see any way this game is close. Uh, but but Coach Pearl like he he knows his team and he he said an interesting point he was talking about how when they're winning he's a lot harder on it is when things haven't gone well especially the first time the first two game losing streak of the year if I'm not mistaken or close to it uh, and so yeah I think he's uh, I think he knows the pulse he's been around the game and uh, I think Auburn tonight especially in the second half uh, it's gonna it's gonna get out of hand. But it could get out of hand early, because yeah, Danny is just not any good. Five and fourteen. I'm worried about stacks' job status. Um, I don't know if he'll be able to make it through. But yeah, this is not the ta- this is not a good time to be going to Neville for sure.
2: All right. Before we close out the segment, um, had a caller on Monday call in and said, "Hey, man," uh, and he's one of our good callers, uh, Robert out of Birmingham, and I know he's a big Bama hoops fan. He said, "Listen," he said. Uh, and I said, well, first thing I was asking was, well, where did you get this info? He said, I can't tell you. He said, Louisville is going to make a play for, for Nate Oates. He said, it's going to happen. He said, they're going, you know, uh, they're they're going to put together a, you know, package, he said, eight or nine million dollars. And, then, of course, I, I said, well, I think Alabama will definitely try to keep him. But when you look at what Oates has done here, um, whether it's Louisville or someone else, I mean, Michigan might be opening up this year, you know, and we know he's, you know, he coached in the Detroit area. You know, I don't, I don't see Howard making it, to be honest with you, and Kenny Payne's definitely got to go. So those are two um, really big schools. Louisville's a basketball school. Um, what do you think long-term for, for Coach Oates? I mean, he's making good money here. He loves it here. He loves living here. Uh, but there's going to be interest from other schools. You know it, and I know it. Uh, you think Alabama's going to be able to hang on to him long-term?
9: Um. I- I don't know this I'm not close enough to the situation, um or I don't know coach Oates personally. Uh but he Louisville maybe I think Louisville, you know, Chris Beard as well, you know, is another guy yeah. that I think you gotta put I've heard in that mention for Louisville. Kenny Payne's definitely gone. If people if anyone knew how just really how close Mississippi State came to hiring Kenny Payne when Scott Strickland was there, when Rick Ray was hired. Obviously, the Rick Ray hired didn't turn out great after Stansbury. Kenny Payne was almost head coach at Mississippi State. A lot of people don't realize that. Um, and there was kind of a reason that he had never gotten that job moving on from Kentucky, Mississippi guy. Um, but it just hasn't worked out at Louisville. Um, they haven't been able to get in the portal. I don't think the relationships are great with the alumni. Um, obviously, you've got things working on back channels behind the scenes. I'd be a lot more worried about Michigan. Um and and Jawan, uh, if 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 I was an Alabama fan, then I would Louisville. Um, I I just feel like that's home. Uh, but I also might keep my eye on Michigan State as well. Who's to say Izzo doesn't retire this year? Um, you know, I just think that that, that mm-hmm. those two Michigan jobs, I would keep my eye on a lot more than I would the Louisville. Um, one, because I just think there are other folks that might be a, be a more, Coach Oates' style can win anywhere, man. Uh, that, that's proven, but, you know, he is, I think, I think it's been noted that home is home. Uh, and at the same time, though, hey, it's about the dollar signs, brother. You know, Bama fans, if you want basketball, he's, you' been relevant since he's been there he recruits nationally he recruits locally um and he wins again he wins big games and, and he just he hasn't quite done in the tournament yet I've told you numerous times I didn't i I've said it I thought he was until he did something he was you know glorified Rick Stansbury I was wrong that's not the truth this guy can coach man and uh and he gets the most out of his players Alabama would be very fortunate to keep him in five years do I see him there I sure hope not <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah I'm with you I, if I were a to- Posing school, so roll tied
9: to that, roll tied to that. Yeah, I mean
2: he's just, you know, the only thing like you said he hasn't done is get him to the final four. I mean he's won he's won the league two out of the last three years and the tournament championship. Had a number one seed last year, a two seed, you know, three years ago, and got to the sweet sixteen round, and hasn't gone uh, past that. But you know he keeps knocking on that door. He's going to bust it down. But anyway, I thought I'd, I would I'd bring up the subject since I had a caller call in and say that. And listen, he's he is. Uh, you know he's he's in a good situation here, but you're right. I mean, some of these blue blood jobs, you know, if they open up, yeah, you know, Nate Oates' name is going to be going to be mentioned. All right, now, almost halfway through the season, not quite in the SEC. What do you think of the league overall? How many how many teams do you see getting into the NCAA tournament? If you had to, you know, put a guess out there right now, and I'm I'm asking you for a guess. How many NCAA teams make it into March? <laughs>
9: Right now I'm thinking uh, it's nine and it will fluctuate. I think you have Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, South Carolina, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Florida, and Georgia right now. I don't think A&M is going to get in. I think that one's going downhill. I don't – Arkansas, Vandy. I don't see LSU getting over the hump enough. That LSU-Georgia-Florida dynamic will be interesting. But if you look at all that, I mean, that's, that's a legitimate argument right now. Nine, probably you'll see a couple of teams fall off, um, but I think eight is a solid, solid uh, number now with what you with seeing what Florida uh, and Georgia and even Ole Miss uh, have been able to do. Because you got to keep an eye on that Kim Palm, Gary. That's what you got to get look at. Like Ole Miss is still sixty something in that. That would mean that they might not necessarily be in. Each week, those numbers, it's not about whether you win or lose. Also, it's about what the other guys do and the other people that you've beaten. Um, The one thing about Ole Miss, they're going to have to get all their good wins in the SEC because their biggest win of of the year was against Memphis, who's trending down, if that makes sense. So the bigger the game, uh, especially those road games, man, you got to get those quad one wins.
2: All right, Bart. We talk about it every week. You're at a lot of different places. People can see you on TV. you got a radio show. You're um, out and about on social media kind of. Just fill everybody in.
9: Well, man, I'm in South Alabama. I got four games left. I'm off uh, these last couple of weeks. I'm just trying to get out and see some high school basketball, um, and uh, and and as much as I can because that's my passion. As you know, doing the state tournaments will be coming up the end of February, and March. I'll be at WOTM and APT all week long. Um, you can see my face, and then uh, but pretty much my Twitter at the H Twenty Two. I'm on the radio every morning. Uh, um, uh, you typically Monday, Wednesdays, and Friday. Not every morning. But man, it's just fun. And I like doing all this stuff. So at Beehives22, you can catch me. And then uh, ESPN Plus, anytime South Alabama plays at home, that'll be next Saturday, next Thursday, and next Saturday.
2: Can I ask you, uh, how often are you getting to sleep in your own bed at night?
9: (laughs) I don't really have an own bed. I just want to ask you you, do you even really have a home base? I t- not really. I've been, there's been a lot going on. I've been uh, up in Winfield. I got some medical stuff going on with my family. And so, this Equinox uh, or this Equinox, whichever you prefer, this seat that I'm sitting in right now in this parking lot is typically my place. But I've, I've been telling people, Alabama fans like this. I think I'm going to get me one of them Tiffin vans that are made right there in Winfield, Alabama. I think I'm going to get me one of those things and just live in it and drive around all the time. That That's kind of a, what I'm
2: trying to That might be for. the smart move for you, really.
9: I think so. Just man. take your home with uh, you,
2: man, and then you're then you're always at home.
9: Why not? I think that's. You know? I really where, think that's where, something where, you ought
2: to. That's something you ought to look into seriously, Bart.
9: Hey, I, 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 there's land for sale. Um, there's land for sale. Pick me up on that, BH like twenty two. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, man.
2: See you. All right, ten fifty one. We got to get to our final break, and uh, we'll come back and um, close it out and uh, get you ready for T Town Sports Daily coming up at eleven a.m. and uh, the entire day. Great sports talk right here on top 100.9 and 1230 AM WTBC. We'll be back to wrap it up after this. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa Timberson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after hours.
1: Pride Hunting and Fishing, Stacy Perkins, Modern Woodmen of America, and Riverside Feed and Seed. When you're shot at thousands of dollars in cash and prizes with the Big Old Buck Hunting Contest.
2: Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate, director of golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Paramount.
1: Tide 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. Lots of sunshine today. Cooler Tuscaloosa high 53. Mostly fair tonight with the light freeze. The low at 30. Tomorrow and Friday a warming trend. Lots of sunshine both days. The high tomorrow is 60. The high Friday at 64. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 48 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Hot!
0: Alabama fans are all over the world, and we are too. Download the Tide 100.9 app right now in the App Store and Google Play and take the Crimson Tide everywhere you go.
2: 1054, winding it down here. Uh, a few more minutes, a couple, three more minutes to go here on the Gary Harris show. Gary Harris and Justin Jones. and um, Been a busy show today. We're You know, like I said, this is an interesting week. I think we had so much um, just buzz over what was going on with Alabama football, uh, with Coach Saban retiring and Coach DeBoer coming in, and we had just phone calls just off the hook for a couple of weeks, and kind of of settled now into more of a regular routine with with Coach DeBoer and Alabama football. But as we talked about at the top, uh, April 13th is going to be the, Eight-day spring football game at Bryant Denny Stadium. So, well, we're looking forward to spring football and um, not only to watch the team uh, in the eight-day game, but to kind of see what it's going to be like in terms of media coverage. Uh, with, you know, it's been pretty restricted under Coach Saban as far as no attending practice and um, very limited media opportunities with, with, um, players and and none with assisted coaches and you know it feels like there may be more relaxed in regards to um the media with coach DeBoer but we'll see right now he's busy recruiting and and uh, you know getting the staff in place so he's probably not too focused right now on uh media itinerary but uh feel like we may get a little more access with, with this coach as opposed to coach Saban, but uh, we'll see for sure going forward. All right. That's going to wrap it up for the show. This hour has been brought to you by Patterson Comer attorneys at law, Patterson Comer. Let me tell you something. If you need a lawyer or a law firm, I'm telling you right now, Patterson Comer are the guys to turn to. Paul Patterson and Mike Comer with feet on the ground in Tuscaloosa. Paul is in T-Town. Mike is in Northport. You can reach Paul at 205-345-1000. Mike's in Northport at 205-759-3939. PattersonComerLawFirm.com.
4: No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers.
2: All right, that's going to do it for the show. T-Town Sports Daily with Kerry Clark and uh, Wyatt Fulton is coming up next. Then at noon, it is the Miller's Edge, followed by Ryan Fowler taking you home with the game from 2 until 6. Catch me on TV tonight with the local sports on WVUA 23. Then back here tomorrow for the Thursday edition of the Gary Harris Show. For, Gary, for uh, Justin Jones, I'm Gary Harris. Have a great day, everybody. Talk to you again in the morning.
8: to the